It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. There are two Mondays left until the NFL Draft. That means this is Mock Draft Monday. It's a little bit of a different approach this week. No simulator, but plenty to talk about as there are different directions the Bengals can go based on what happens with their first-round pick. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this program on YouTube. Follow anywhere you get your podcasts so you can easily join that first listen club, and maybe you want to become an everyday listener, an everydayer, as we're calling them on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to have coverage this week on the Bengals offseason program. Duke Tobin's going to talk later this week. Might have some special guests coming on. It's a good week to be an everydayer as we lead into the draft. And James, it's Mock Draft Monday. If you want to do your own mock draft, plenty of simulators out there. Maybe you want to run your own team. This episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And if you've ever dreamed of running your own team, that's the app for you. Go check it out at ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores and get a 100% free boost to your franchise using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. And if you're watching on YouTube, you probably have noticed by now that we don't have a mock draft simulator on the screen for you to follow along with. And I'm going to be honest with you, James, I spent an hour or so yesterday playing around with the the fan speak simulator, the mock draft database simulator, the PFF simulator, the pro football network simulator. And I don't, I don't like any of them this year. I'm getting (laughs) too much of the same weird players falling stuff. And I know that happens, but when I can draft guys that are consensus first round prospects at the, in the second round at 60 every time, or it's the same guys available every time. If you're out there listening to this show and you've gone through the simulators, you've seen all the scenarios. But there was a mock draft that was published on Sunday from Charles Davis at NFL.com that it's, it's not perfect, probably. Nobody gets these things perfectly right. But the broad strokes to me set up a beautiful conversation around pick 28 and then the branching paths from there. Because I feel like every time we've done one of these mock draft Mondays, we've had options. And we every time we're like, 
this guy's probably not going to be available to the Bengals. And when it's your first round pick, it, re- it dictates so much of what happens after that. The talking about a scenario where you don't get one of those fallers, I think, is pretty useful. Well, Charles Davis has Emmanuel Forbes going to the Bengals, and that was something I was faced with last week. But you're right, because I was like, let's go the offensive tackle approach. And that's pretty much why I took Anton Harrison, because we hadn't done that on Mock Draft Monday. And we've done the Bijan Robinson. You know, he had fallen there, and we had gone a, a few different routes, but we hadn't been able to go the offensive tackle route. And by the way, breaking news, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to go the offensive tackle route at 28. And so Emmanuel Forbes, there's one knock on him. He needs to get on the Bilt Bar diet. That's it. Throw, throw a couple LBs on, and he would be in that class of, yeah, he's not making it to 28 either. And so we'll see if he's there because a team could view him that way and say, hey, he's worth the 20th pick or the 18th pick. That could certainly happen. It wouldn't shock me. But if he's there at 28, I think he's going to be one of the favorites uh, to be picked and, and to be the next Bengal. But um, to, to your point, you're right. These simulators aren't perfect. And it's they're fun to do. And they're addicting. I mean, you just said it. You spent an hour going through them. But how realistic that was show is it? prep to be fair, but yeah, <laughs> but but how realistic are some of them? Right. They're unrealistic, and and it's tough. And, and heck, you, you look at uh, what some of these that, that our listeners send us, and they're home run mocks because it's like a trade down, and then you're getting a guy that's going 25th at 60, and a guy who's probably going 35th at 92. And it's like, well, yeah, if I could end up with those three players, I don't care about the rest of the draft because you feel really darn good about the first two days. And it's just, it's unrealistic. That said, let's talk about this more, because if they took a a guy like Emmanuel Forbes at 28, that obviously impacts the different paths that they would go moving forward. And that was, that that to me is a realistic thing that not only that, for example, the PFF simulator will show you. You'll be able to get Forbes at 28, I would say, a decent amount of times without looking at the numbers. And obviously, th- that's someone that the Bengals are going to, to really consider, I think, if he's available. Yeah, I think that there are there's, – there's plenty of smoke there, right? You know, the top 30 visit with, with him to, to talk to him, to get him in the building. The scenario where this happens, though, is where, like, the, the premium positions – tackle right the tackle gets picked over tackle position picked over darnell right in a lot of these simulators you can get at 28 pretty regularly pretty unrealistic often. that's unrealistic in most mocks you see from people who are connected who are into industry it's like a top 15 pick top 20 pick or you know teams trade enough to get him right in some cases the team's trade enough to get anton harrison depending on the, the mock that, that you're reading. So in this scenario, in the Charles Davis scenario, Darnell Wright goes 13. Guy we've talked about on this show, Dalton Kincaid, one of your favorite targets, James, goes 15. No, come on, Packers. Take B- someone else. The, the B. John Robinson fantasy ends at 18. Uh, uh. Deontay Banks goes 20. These are guys we've talked about. Kalijah Kansi goes 23. No. Michael Mayer goes 26. Oh. So all your tackles are gone. Broderick Jones gone as well. Except Anton Harrison, who is available in this scenario. Brian Breezy, available in this scenario. Emmanuel Forbes, Mozzie Smith, available in this scenario. But this is, this is where you get to the point where it's like, okay, we're drafting a corner. 
we're not drafting Darnell Washington in the first round because whatever reason, right? Darnell Washington doesn't go in the first round of this mock. They're not going Anton Harrison, who's played left tackle his entire career at Oklahoma for whatever reason, right, in this mock. But that's that's a position that they could find themselves in where these guys that, you know, the, the tight ends, the top couple tight ends, a tackle faller, the, the, the running back falling, Robinson falling, doesn't happen. That's what's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, is it Emmanuel Forbes? Is it, uh, you know, some guys that are thought about as second-round picks by many that ends up being a Bengals first-round pick, Adetomia Adabari from Northwestern, a guy we haven't talked about as a, as a first-round pick. One of those other corners out there that was very productive that checks all, a lot of the boxes. Besides Emmanuel Forbes, do they end up in the first-round pick conversation? Brian Breezy, we've talked about a little bit. He's probably in that conversation as well. And so those are some of the guys that I think we need you to start him. talking about a little bit more. Who, who did I miss in the first round? Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. I don't think he's in the conversation for the first if round. If Forbes goes, let's say he went 22nd to the Ravens, mm-hmm. right, Let's in this mock, I certainly think he's getting consideration at 28. Not saying they would go with him, but I think there, there's certainly a discussion there. Ahead of, and you mentioned Washington, I agree with you. I think Washington could be in play in day two. I don't think they would consider him at 28. I don't think he's a part of that bucket of guys that they would be like, all right, let's consider him. I think Gibbs will be. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to take him, but I I certainly think he is in that mix, in that consideration, in this scenario where, you're right, the top tackles, the top DTs, uh, the top corners, all of those guys are gone. Now, would they take him ahead of Forbes? Probably not. But if if Forbes has gone too, I think they would look at it and certainly consider it. I think it's more than just Forbes, though. Uh, I, I truly think that, like, he might be behind several corners on their board. He might be behind, like, several defensive linemen, like Felix Anaduke Uzama, who goes 31st to the Chiefs in this particular mock scenario. He might be behind Mazi Smith on their board. Maybe that's a bit of a harder sell. Who, who might be? Gibbs. Uh, I, I think I, I think he is. I, I don't think mm-hmm. the Bengals are going to be that high on Gibbs, but we'll see. You think they're that high on Gibbs? Just I know they're fast? high on Gibbs. Not because he runs fat. Look at their offense. It, it, it's a plug-and-play player that we, gives we them something about they this. haven't had. He, he doesn't fit their offense at all. They're changing their offense for Jameer Gibbs if they draft him. We can talk about it next, but today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about Ultimate Football GM a lot, and maybe you want to discuss Playmaker at 28, which Forbes falls under that category, defensive lineman at 28, defensive tackle at 28. Well, you can do all of those things, make all of those decisions with Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing the finances, negotiating player deals, potential extensions for star receivers and quarterbacks, and so much more. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. So check it out right now. And Locked On Bengals listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps. That's Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in all caps, All you have to do is download the game by going to ultimate-gm.com, ultimate-gm.com, or the app stores with promo code locked on in all capitals, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. 
And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So we're going to talk about Jameer Gibbs now? Is that the plan? For 30 to 60 seconds. He, fit, he definitely fits their offense because they want to get more explosive. They, they are a pass-first team. That's the thing that people are underrating here. The Bengals want to throw it 40 times every week. And that's just that's what they do. And so this idea of taking Darnell Washington to keep number nine upright, just use him for an example. Well, blocking tight ends, that's what they're taking at 28. No, they they would probably take a guy like Michael Mayer, who's a good pass catcher, or Dalton Kincaid, or some of these other guys later in the draft that are are, are good at what they do. And Gibbs does that. He makes them more explosive. We obviously talked about him as a pass catcher. Does he run between the tackles? No. Is he an every-down player? No. And I think that's why I would say it's less likely than likely that they take him because of that. But I think he will be in consideration at 28 if in certain scenarios, put it that way. There is a path where the Bengals look and they say, well, we can't trade down. It just didn't work. We like him. And we think he's going to help us. I'm not saying it's likely, but it isn't impossible either. I have a really hard time coming up with the scenario where th- that happens. M- maybe over Darnell Washington, I could I could see that if they really don't think that Darnell Washington can be a contributor in the passing game, I can see him not being ahead of of Jameer Gibbs. But from a from a fit perspective. The, the reasons you articulated is kind of where it ends. They, they don't scheme up throws for their running back. They are not a zone team anymore. So again, if they want to go get a player like Jameer Gibbs because they really like his skill set, they're changing their offense a little bit to utilize Jameer Gibbs, which is fine. I'm not saying that's a bad idea or anything. Although I do think that if you're drafting a running back in the first round, it needs to be Robinson in this draft just from a talent perspective. Um, but it's not like a, a seamless, you know, he, everything that he did at Alabama, he can come do in Cincinnati and it's going to be fine. It's going to fit perfectly. It's an adaptation to use his skill set, And you have to do that with any player you draft. This isn't unusual. But when you, when you talk about, you know, the fit, to me, it's, it's he gives them home run potential at the running back position, and then it's just how do they use it? That part would require them to make changes. Sure. And and if you take a player like that, you're saying he's worth tweaking things because we haven't had someone like that. Mm-hmm. That said, we've spent plenty of time on Jameer Gibbs. Let's let's continue here because if if they if they went corner round one with Forbes, 
they're probably not addressing corner again until late, right? Carrington Valentine is someone that, that they've met with. And, you know, if he's there late day three, I could see that. But you still have the tight end issue, the offensive tackle conversation. And what's interesting, how many tweets have you gotten over the past few months, Jake? Dewan Jones at 28, mm-hmm. do it. He's a mammoth of a man. And you're the one who turned me on to this because I, I didn't know. And I went back and, and listened to the athletic football show. Dane Brugler said, oh, they can get Dewan Jones at, at 60. They'll draft Dewan at 60. Nonchalant. And he was just like, yeah, they can get Dewan Jones at 60. And they were doing a mock, a first-round mock, where they took Darnell Washington at 28. The top two tight ends were off the board. And we don't need to talk about Washington anymore. We've said our piece there. But if you could get Dewan Jones at 60, holy moly, 6'8", 375. Like, that doesn't grow on trees, Jake. So, no. it, it, and here's why I think it could happen the more I think about it. Like, Orlando Brown Jr. tested, and it was just historically bad. He fell to round three. Dewan Jones didn't. He ran the 40, didn't weigh in at his pro day. Like, there are some questions, and teams might say, I, I don't want to invest a top 59 pick in a guy like Jones. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, and you're the Bengals, you might be able to get Jones at 60. Like, I, I could see that path, talking about paths that happen. I, I'm not saying it's super realistic, but I think there's a chance. Yeah, I think that Dane would know, if anyone would know, how the NFL feels about a guy. And, and obviously, he can get things wrong. But, you know, we, we've talked to Dane Brugler on this show before. If you follow the draft at all, you know who Dane Brugler is. He publishes... The beast we've talked about on this show before, which is literally a beast of a draft guide. It's a huge document with more detail in it than you can get in any other draft guide document any year. And he talks to a lot of these NFL teams. Like he'll go on a podcast and you'll hear him talking about a player. He's like, Yeah, I was just talking to XYZ NFL. Well, he won't name the team. I was just talking to a team about this guy or a couple teams about this guy. And I'm higher on. I'm higher on him than they are, or they're higher on him than I am. So, you know, he, he knows the people to have a feel for this sort of thing, to have a feel for how the NFL is evaluating some of these players. And it was so nonchalant and so confident when he said, oh, they'll get to Wanda in a second. Yeah. Like, like okay, it, yeah, no it, problem. And so let me ask you this, because this is, this is fun. Who would have to fall to 60? for the Bengals to pass on Dewan Jones at 60. Like, assuming they took Forbes at, at 28, just because we're using this Charles Davis mock. I mean, for me personally, I don't know. I'm comfortable. I'm pretty comfortable I mean, with Dewan Jones on tape in the first round. I know that there's questions from his testing and for weight and all those things, but yeah, and, and footwork, whatever it is. But I think he can be an above-average right tackle pretty easily. And I'm comfortable drafting that at 28 personally. I know a lot of people out there like, cause I've had the tweet. So I know people have these opinions. He huge bust potential. wouldn't touch him. Didn't test incomplete profile in the second round though. Oh, th- there's so much tape and it's not like, you know, the, 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 the advantage that NFL teams have that we don't have as a public is that they can go talk to college coaches. They can, you know, they have people to go out and do character research. They've talked to the players directly. So, so they can have a better feel for some of these questions. And they, they obviously still get it wrong. But they have a better feel for these questions than we do as a public. 
There's no doubt about that. But yeah, man, somebody falling to 60 that would make me pass on Dewan Jones. I mean, it depends, I guess, on what they do in the first round. But if you assume no tackle in the first round. Sure. And and obviously this would I, I don't really see a path to unless they love Anton Harrison or Dewan Jones. <laughs> like all these these guys at Dark. Or trade off, yeah. It, which Unreal. Not not Maybe. not very much in their DNA. They did it last year, though, not in the first round, but they Twice. did it a couple times last year. Second and fifth rounds. But yeah, I I wouldn't be and I know it it hurt. Like Duke Tobin said it at the combine. He was like yeah. pain, it was painful <laughs> to trade up. So I, I don't anticipate that. I'll just name some names. Okay. Right. And you just say yes or no about taking it at 60. This isn't a first round conversation at 60. All right. So let's just go. If Jameer Gibbs is there, you're taking Jones over him, I assume. Yep. Okay. Sam Laporta. Yep. Luke Musgrave. That one's a little closer, but I think also. You don't like Laporta <sighs> as much. As much. I, I've come around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I have Musgrave ahead of Laporta for me for, from a tight end perspective for sure. I, I mean, there's a ceiling there with Laporta, and there's a little bit of projection for both guys. I just can't get over Laporta's route running. Every time we talk about Sam Laporta, and everyone puts on like this one angle route he ran. As like, oh, look how much separation he got. And it was a good route. But also the linebacker was like working through some like pick. It was like a fake pick play kind of thing. And the linebacker over pursued and they run the exact same play later in the game. And he's plastered when the linebacker knows that this play is on tape. He's totally covered. So anyway, I have route running issues with Laporta. That's what it always comes down to. I have a couple more names. Okay, Let's let's dive into those. DeWan Jones, it's, this is a fun conversation. We'll dive into those next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's dive into a couple more names, starting with Michael Mayer. If Michael Mayer is there at 60, and yep. Juan Jones is there at 60, and you have Emmanuel Forbes on your roster already with pick 28, what do you do? Easily Mayer. Okay. And I don't think he would fall that far. I do no. think that there is a scenario, a path to him falling out of the first round. Yep. I do. And people here are going to call me crazy and just rip me to shreds. I do think that there's a path to that, though. Yeah, and when you talk about that, you're talking about likelihoods. And the likelihood is that he gets picked in the first round and people will be like, oh, remember at you know 20 minutes and 25 seconds or whatever it is of the Lockdown Bengals podcast on April 17th when James said that Mike, or Michael Mayer is going to fall out of the first round. And then we'll come back and we'll look at the clip and then, then I'll go on this rant and then we'll be talking about probabilities and – the likelihood is that he's going to go in the first round, but they're mm. for, for a lot of these guys that are like second half of first round or later, there is a world where they get out of the first round every year. The top, what six, seven, eight picks of the second round are, are often you're talking about guys like, man, thought you could get them at 20 and be happy because the reality is for a lot of NFL teams, you get those, those, you know, those one grades, and then the next clump of players is really like two to four, like 20 to 40. A lot of times, like one to 20, 20 to 40. And those players are often going to be pretty similarly graded 
just because they go in the first or second round doesn't mean they're going to be evaluated very differently for a lot of teams. All right, a couple more, and, and I'll be quick here. Zach Charbonnet. Uh, probably Jones. I, I would agree. I, um, yeah, Jones. Tule, I don't know why I hesitated. Yeah, Tuli Tuapolotu. Tua I, I haven't watched him enough. I know a lot of people really like him, like his versatility, like that he played inside out. He's 266, though, so is he playing inside out in the NFL? Not for the Bengals, I would say. He, he, would, he would have to be like the, the Sam Hubbard kind of role. And he's smaller than Sam, right? So um, I, I would have to watch more. I, I, don't, I don't think I can speak accurately to what I would do there. Gotcha. I think, I think that's about it. Obviously, Jones has had a Blake Freeland and all these other tackles, you know, the kid from Syracuse, all these other guys that we've discussed as potential round two guys. So that would be – you want to get the, the first couple of days of the draft right, pick BPA at 28, right, whoever – and then mm-hmm. you get Dewan Jones at, at 60. That's a, a fun, fun path as we diagnose these paths. And, and maybe it's like last year where they get to that range where, because I don't know, maybe Dewan Jones is just picked in the top half of the second round and that's that. That ends this 10-minute this conversation we've had, maybe a little bit less. But maybe it's like last year where we knew they wanted a corner last year, right? And we knew after Cam Taylor Britt there was a shelf, and you were falling off it if, if Cam Taylor Brick got picked before they picked him. They knew it too, right? That's why they traded up to get him. Maybe that happens with tight end this year, and they see that, you know, maybe Luke Musgrave goes early second, Darnell Washington goes early second, and they see Sam Laporta getting into the top of the 50s, and, and they decide, you know what, we don't want to – we don't we think there's a cliff. I don't know if there's a cliff there like there was for corner last year because I think Tucker Craft is pretty close. We've talked about that before. Where, mm-hmm. where I've talked about some of the things I like about Tucker Craft, um, but but maybe there and it, maybe it's maybe it's Luke Musgrave too instead of Sam Laporta. Maybe maybe Laporta goes first, but whoever it is, maybe they see a cliff coming at tight end, and they decide, you know what, we're gonna go make sure we get the guy like they did with Cam Taylor Britt last year. Not that they would necessarily do this back to back years, but also they did just resign Drew Sample. Segue, so. The- how does that affect their, their approach to tight end? It shouldn't at all, but it does give them the security that, you know, at least they have some guys that have played in the NFL. It shouldn't. I'm not even in on tight end until round seven now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It shouldn't. But what it does is it allows them not to force it. Because if, mm-hmm. if you're walking in, you don't feel great about it. But if you get a late round tight end and you miss on the first two days of the draft, let's say. And you're taking one in the fourth or fifth. Brenton Strange. Strange. Josh Wiley, my guy out of UC, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. It, then fine, you can develop that guy for a year, hopefully behind a proven guy in Drew Sample that knows the system, can block all of those things. Irv what Smith, has he proven? Sorry. Would slide, would slide into the, the Hayden Hurst role. That he can be a, a reliable yeah. blocking that, that tight end in this offense. I'm sorry. I know. But that's but we we thought about this when they were kind of missing out on guys and then Foster Moreau's unfortunate diagnosis. And I think they've done a good job now of landing guys. Like their tight end room, they have three guys now that I think could – that will change probably during the draft. But you have Devin Asiasi as the third tight end. Second tight end would be Drew Sample. Irv Smith Jr. as TE1. I, I don't hate that room. Now, they still could use a long-term option. Those guys are all one-year type of guys. 
But uh, no, I'm glad that they were able to bring Drew Sample back, especially after he visited Arizona. He's probably mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a dumpster fire. Let me get the hell out of here and sign with the Bengals, which it, good, good decision, Drew. It's like it's not an ideal situation, right? If, in the tight end room right now, but they've survived and won games. Like Hayden Hurst missed time last year. He didn't play from week – he got hurt against Kansas City in week 13. He didn't come back until week 18. They won all those games. That was with Mitchell Wilcox and Asiasi, right? Like those were the, those were the tight ends. They've survived yeah. with that kind of tight end room, and they've been fine. They have really, really good wide receivers. They had an efficient running game once they adjusted their running game. If they have to survive with Drew Sample and Asiasi and practice squad tight end who's on the roster after, you know, so who would that be this year? You know, the the the, the Wilcox replacement. They have those couple of guys, um, Tanner Hudson, Nick Bowers. Maybe one of those guys is this year's Mitchell Wilcox, right? Same path, similar room. Except there's a little bit more of an injury question with Irv Smith's history versus Hayden Hurst. That's the big difference. Also, have we talked about that Foster Foster Moreau's uh, comments on the Adam Schefter podcast? We haven't. We can do that one second. I was just going to say with Irv Smith Jr., uh, Mm -hmm. that's why you land Dalton Kincaid because then you're good to go. So see you at 28. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid, who like seems to consistently be getting mocked in the top half of first rounds lately. He's still open. Can you imagine how open he's going to be? Go ahead and double team T Higgins and Jamar chase. See what happens. Go ahead and see what happens. All right. My God, it would be go ahead. Let's talk about Foster Murrow. Yeah. Just, just really quick. He was on the Adam Schefter podcast a week or two ago, talking about his diagnosis, talking about how it got caught and the gist from what I heard was that he was going to sign at Cincinnati. Like it wasn't a done deal or anything. I don't think they got to the point where deals were proposed. He left Cincinnati. Mike Brown wasn't in that day. They weren't talking about proposed deals. They were getting to know each other a little bit. They were probably going to get him an offer the next day or two. As soon as he got to new Orleans, they, they were like, okay, we got to go do all this other testing. And they, they diagnosed this cancer pretty quickly. So they never got to the point of deals being offered, but he was talking about, man, I know they have a good quarterback that I know. They have a great, re- they have a great quarterback that I know. They have a great receiver that I know. They were really close to winning a championship. It, it, it would have been hard to consider anything else, essentially, is what he said. So um, that's really too bad for you know several reasons, of course, like this is happening to him in his first free agency and all this stuff. Um, there's some, some validation there for Bengals fans, I think. To know that, like, that's how he feels about the team, to to hear that directly from a player that didn't end up signing anywhere. Because how often do you hear that from a guy that hasn't signed with your team, when like they're they they're gonna say that anyway? But hearing that from somebody who's in that position, I think is is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think he he knew that he wasn't signing the day of the visit, like he said that he was going to visit with New Orleans and then he was going to evaluate things, see what that both teams were offering, all of those things. But to me, it would be hard to tell Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. No, you know, as, like as cool friends. as it is. And, and yeah, it would be, you know, as, as cool as it is for, for him. And I think he's his goal based on that podcast and other things I've heard. I, I don't think he's ruled out playing this season. He is not. And so 
and he's in New Orleans. So I, I could see him signing in New Orleans. And I, I hope that happens. I hope this guy kicks cancer's ass. Signs with the Saints because I just think he's already there. He's doing all of his treatment there. I know they've reached out to him. I I, I think that's what would happen, and, and I, I hope he makes an impact for them down the stretch. That w- that would be really cool if he did, does that, and then, and then gets the free agency he was hoping to get this this past mm-hmm. offseason. Gets that free agency next offseason, and I don't know if that would be with the Bengals or not. Really don't care about that aspect of it. I just want him to be healthy and go out there and ball out. Yeah, you cross that bridge when you come to it. Um, we didn't really. Get deep and there are a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Didn't get deep into some of those branching paths off of the first round because obviously, if they draft a running back in the first round, you're not looking for one later. You draft a quarterback in the first round, well, you still need a tight end and, and, a, and a running back at some point, we think. Still want some defensive line help. So, there, there's some conversation fodder for the rest of the week is, is the different branching paths based on who they draft in the first round, what position ends up being the first round pick, how does that impact the second, third, fourth round, the rest of those relatively high picks where you can hope to get guys that can be day one contributors. That's something we're going to talk about this week. We've got the offseason program starting this week. Zach Taylor is going to talk on Monday, maybe after, maybe before you've listened to this podcast, actually. Zach Taylor may have already addressed the media. There's going to be some stuff to talk about there. Duke Tobin's talking later this week. Like I said, we're going to have some guests on this week as well. So once we have those nailed down, we'll announce those exciting things that are coming your way. A lot of good stuff coming this week on Locked On Bengals leading into the draft. So that's going to do it for this episode. And until next time, day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.